This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Views expressed here did not necessarily reflect those of the station, its staff, management, or news department. Welcoming to the studio live and in living color, the director of the Binghamton Philharmonic Orchestra, Phil Sinawa. Welcome. Well, first we'll say it's Paul Sinawa. Paul, I'm Everyone sorry. calls me Phil around here. Why? Because of the Philharmonic, oh. which is why the staff is calling it the Binghamton Paul Harmonic. Oh, that's And I'm not cool. the director. I'm the executive director. I am a musician, but I'm not the music director, which is a very different role. Okay. But, uh, but that is Daniel Heggie. But, uh, so I like that, though, the Paul Harmonic. The Paul Harmonic. Yeah. But Philharmonic means, you know, lovers of music. It's synonymous with the word symphony orchestra. Um, and it comes out of, it really comes out of uh, amateur music making in 19th century Germany. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, and, you know, it, it shouldn't be problematic, uh, because we have a, one of the world's most famous orchestras right here in New York State. And I don't mean the Binghamton Philharmonic. I mean the New York Philharmonic. Right. So that's not the Paul Harmonic there. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, though, um, one thing that occurred to me as I was getting ready for work this morning and weird things cross the brain pan. Um, what is the difference between a philharmonic and a symphony orchestra? Right, they're ex- they're exactly the same things. It's just in name. So, okay. the the National Symphony Orchestra is doing the same thing as the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. Boston Symphony Orchestra is doing the same thing as the Binghamton Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh-huh. So it's it's just a different word. Well, I, I think that the people that I've talked to is like, oh, well, it's a philharmonic, and they for some reason it seems more approachable than symphony orchestra for some reason i don't know why that is i I have no idea (laughs) well i mean you guys do do i mean people maybe think that symphony though it's all um lists and chopin and mozart and but you mean the pops orchestra that we used to have with bc pops they were doing all like the show tunes and things like that but you guys are like you do everything yeah well i mean any if you look at any symphony orchestra or philharmonic in any city, there there is a mixture of masterworks that is the the standard classics, and also pops programming. You know the the Binghamton Philharmonic was its its parent organizations were the Binghamton Symphony, which was Fritz Wallenberg's mm-hmm. orchestra, and then we merged with the BC Pops, and that's probably why the name Binghamton Philharmonic was chosen to distinguish it from its predecessor, the Binghamton Symphony. Okay. But but the word Philharmonic, it's just lover of music or lovers of music, um, and it's it's a, a widely used term. Um, and it it you know we are the Binghamton Philharmonic. We often refer to ourselves as a symphony orchestra. We're all in the same. It's all the same thing, and we perform great music with great musicians. You know, our concert uh, on September 24th, we just had this, we had 71 musicians on stage. Wow. Nobody in Binghamton is doing that. Wow. Yeah, we're, we're providing a monthly concert in Binghamton, downtown. Although we do have a concert at uh, Anderson Center this season. Uh, May the 4th be with you on May 4th, 2023. Music of Star Wars from the Star Wars saga. But in any case... Don't are, you have one at the Helen Foley We theater? do as well. And okay. that, that's yeah. why I'm here right now. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, okay. To, to push I just want to make sure my notes right. But, but yeah... Um, well, just kind of downtown, I guess. Yeah, uh, downtown, yeah. downtown west. West side. Yeah, the other. It's not a big downtown. Um, so, um, 
Yeah, but we we have uh, monthly concerts. We're bringing in fantastic musicians um, from not just the southern tier, but really from through throughout the region. I mean, we about a third of our orchestra comes in from New York City, which guarantees on that alone that we have a very good orchestra because New York City is one of the most competitive performing arts markets in the world, and we are attracting about, like, about a third of our musicians coming in from from New York. Let's talk about this concert that you guys just had. Um, as I mentioned before, it was kind of intriguing uh, programs that, besides the music of Star Wars and such that we already alluded to, um, there were some. There was some Gershwin, but there was also the, a new piece that had something to do with the whole pandemic, and I thought that that was kind of adventurous and different. Yeah, this was a really cool program. I mean, really, uh, your program today shouldn't be about should have been there. But frankly, I know, being but, a tenure, yeah. should have been there. We have heard from people on the West and uh, East Coast about this program and people who have said this is great programming. I mean, this is from, from within the orchestra industry. This program was called American Journey. We started in New York City with 7 O'Clock Shout, uh, which was a work written uh, – in response to the early stages of the pandemic, the 7 o'clock shout was when the first-line workers would come out right. of the hospitals and everyone in the neighborhood would shout and cheer. And in this piece, the orchestra, there's a moment where they shout and cheer. And I had not heard this piece live. And it was very emotional wow. to hear these players. And it's very beautiful, broad music. It's a 21st century piece, but very uh, tonal and and just lovely. But there's this moment where everyone in the orchestra is shouting and it's just unbelievable. And then we had Gershwin and Aaron Copeland, the great ballet composer right. of Rodeo and Hoedown and all this stuff. And then we moved our way to Mexico with a newer piece uh, by uh, and, and to Arturo Marquez, a, a dance for orchestra. Just what a great program it was, a great audience. Well, we're grabbing our heartstrings as, as native Binghamtonians with this piece, that the program that's coming up, uh, October 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. Um, walking distance. Now, people that are aficionados of the Twilight Zone would probably know the reference, but other people might not. Could you uh, – Yeah, well, in? anyone who's been in Rec Park and has walked into um, – I don't know if we called a band shell pavilion. Gazebo. Yeah, we called the band shell. Um, yeah. You know, there's a medallion in the in the center floor of that that mm -hmm. says Rod Serling and Walking Distance. Walking Distance um, was is perhaps the most autobiographical Twilight Zone episode. It's about Rod Serling's Binghamton. He lived on Bennett Street and certainly New Rec Park. There's a carousel in the episode. It's very easy to see the connections, and it's about a uh, a man who returns to his hometown. And suddenly he's transported back in time and he gets to meet his parents and he gets to go back to the park. And it's sort of a, a you-can't-go-home-again kind of kind of story um, and, and very personal, I think, to Rod Serling. But I became interested in the episode, in fact, the day after arriving in Binghamton because I walked through Rec Park and I saw that. I got home and I, and I was just looking it up and I saw that Bernard Herman had written the music for the episode. Now, Ber Bernard Herman was the John Williams of the mid-20th century, John Williams being the great film composer of Indiana Jones, Jaws, Star Wars, all this great stuff. Indiana but, Jones is my ringtone on my phone. I'm sure it is, Gabby. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, but Bernard Herrmann, you know, his most famous score is Psycho, but he did m music for Twilight Zone episodes. He did film scores, North by Northwest, which is a very forward-looking for film score. He did uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. But the score for Walking Distance is very special. It's, it's for an ensemble of 18 strings and harp. 
the strings are muted, which they strings can put a, a mute on the bridge, which creates this almost hazy. It's an impressionistic effect. Impressionistic composers of the early 20th century used it all the time. So we have a what that does. It makes a sort of nostalgia haziness, like a soft focus to the sound, hmm. and the music is stunning. Um, so I became interested in the score and and in turn in the screenplay and so on. And here we are now in 2022. This was back in 2020 when I first became aware of it. And we have this production going at the Helen Foley Theater, which is another wonderful connection because Helen Foley was, was his drama Rod teacher. Serling's drama teacher. And I've met her. I right. met her years ago. And a name that he dropped as, in, as a cameo name in many yes. Twilight Zone episodes yes. appears in that, that goofy 80s Twilight Zone movie as well. The, the yes. woman that, yeah, you know all this nerdy <laughs> stuff too. So in any event, so for this production, we are working with um, Southern Tier Actors Read. We, we've gotten the rights from CBS Television and the Serling Estate, which was no small feat. I mean, this is a, a, a national level event. Right. In Binghamton, um, we are uh, we've invited Star to come in and read the screenplay as the Philharmonic performs the incidental music, and even before that, because the music's so good, um, the Philharmonic musicians will perform a suite of music from the episode, and then we follow it up with the red screenplay with that incidental music. I really wanted people to hear the music isolated, so they would appreciate the music and first, and then hear how it's integrated into into the screenplay. This is a huge partnership project. We're partnering with the Bundy Museum because they have a Rod Serling archive. Right. We have a panel discussion. It's free on October 20th at 7 p.m. at the Bundy. Um, we also have a pre-concert event at the Bundy on the 22nd at 5.30. People can go get a cocktail before the concert, go look at uh, Talkie Tina in the, in the museum, and so on. Um, but we've also partnered with uh, Endicott Rotary, Endicott Rotary Foundation owns a, caris- uh, a carousel organ, one of the mechanical organs, and they bought it a year ago, to, and they right. move it between the two Endicott carousels. We will be using that organ in our production because there's a scene with a carousel. We're also partnering, partnering with uh, Twin Rivers Photography Club. They are providing a pre-concert slideshow of carousel photos that they took this summer. Um, so it's kind of a Great big community celebration, and again, you know, be there or be square because this is a one-off. You're not going to hear this work like this ever again. And to hear it in this beautiful theater at the high school, if, if you don't know this theater, it is a gem. Um, I'm th- thrilled. Oh, wait, oh, one more, and we have a guest conductor, Michael McGee. He's coming in from L.A. Michael has conducted and recorded almost all of Bernard Herman's music. He's the one who put together. Uh, Herman's music for this episode is in manuscript because they were just writing this stuff. These composers would write quickly. Then they'd have to get a copyist to write out the parts. They didn't have digital engraving like we have now. So Michael has gone to the – I think it's the UCLA library and gotten the score and written it out for us in modern notation. He's coming to conduct. He knows this music and this composer inside and out. This is a unique and very special event. What sounds very intriguing to me because – Obviously, the business I'm in is theater of the mind. And the fact that you have the screenplay, it gives, even if people are familiar with the episode, it gives a little more expansion of where your mind can go when you're hearing the the text. Yeah, I mean, that's what a good film or TV composer can do. Yeah. Is they, 
you know, there, there's a downside to it because if a, a very skilled composer like Bernard Herrmann or John Williams, they can take a lousy screenplay and make it great. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is not a lousy screenplay. So because they can imply their own emotions and, and they influence how you're to feel about what you're hearing in the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, but this is a beautiful marriage of writing, of music writing and screenplay writing. It's really special. Believe it or not, we've only got like three minutes left on this thing. So let's talk about some of the other uh, programs you've got going on. I mean, we've got stuff for the holidays coming up. What is uh, Green Places sounds interesting? Yeah, this is a, a program with uh, featuring two of our, our principal musicians as soloists. Green Places is a concerto for flute, and we like the name of the concerto, so we named the program after that. It's a program that also has Beethoven's Fourth Symphony. The Lark Ascending, which is a, a violin concerto by Ray Fawn Williams, a great British nationalist composer. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Great music. And then our holiday program has a screening of The Snowman. Do you know The Snowman? This was an animated film made for, uh, for BBC television and off of a children's book, and this is still widely available. And the music for this is so good that we had to perform it, but we got the rights to show the film with the music, and the whole production ends with this gorgeous solo with a boy soprano, and we are bringing in a boy soprano from one of the great churches in New York City. This program will also feature a quartet of singers from Tri-Cities Opera. It, it's not only that concert. It's a great season. Go to BinghamtonPhilharmonic.org or call our box office, which is 607-723-3931. You can find out all about what we're doing. This is your community's professional symphony orchestra. People need to get involved. We're doing great things. We have this beautiful forum theater right downtown. I keep meeting people in Binghamton who've never heard of it, never been there. Really? Get your butts out of your sofas and come, <laughs> not just to us, go to Broadway in Binghamton, go to Tri-Cities Opera, right. go to anything. It, it, just in a, a couple of weeks, we have the uh, President's Own Marine Band giving a free concert at the right. Forum. Get out there, see what's out there, say no to the pandemic and the lethargy of the past few years you're back and we're back you know and back to that pandemic the form theater has complete um uh hvac upgrades with the highest health and safety standards that any theater can have it we are we are so blessed in this community to have access to this this is not some rundown vaudeville theater it is a gorgeous theater so get out there Come and support your community arts, because if you don't, they ain't going to be here. Gee, Paul, I wish you were more enthusiastic. Thanks for being my guest. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Hey, it's Dana Cortez.